This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes! Let's go, Kansas 80, That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. 60-58 to 58 Celtics with an early third quarter lead over Miami. Look at this. The Hornets. Luke, your Hornets hanging on, my friend. Only down seven in the fourth to the Pistons. We got That game's dead. Don't, don't. We Only positive in here, all right? We got lots of parlays okay, tonight. Okay. Only positive. It's a uh, 3-2, by the way. Diamondbacks just took the lead on the Rangers. They're a team of destiny. Ooh. Team of destiny. Ooh. Yes, they are. Look at this. Yes, they are. They're down 2 nothing, and then all of a sudden, the third inning comes around, and Arizona says, oh, no, no, no. Not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. And an 84-win team oh, in the regular season. Guys, after this weekend, you know what my new nickname might have to be? What? Sniffles? It might have to be Johnny Drama. You know why? Because you know what he got famous for in Entourage? A sex tape? Viking Quest. You know what I might be dressed as on Monday night? A, a Viking. Viking. A Minnesota Viking. The messages the coming through. Everybody's Vikings. like, Horvat, you're going to be on the wrong side. And that's what I love, though. I love that everybody's like, Packers suck. They're dead. Minnesota's the best thing since sliced bread. You know what that means, kids. You're going to be very annoying on Monday night. That's no. what that means. Oh, no. Yeah, you will. No, because then we're just going to fade the Packers the rest of the way. I, I don't really want them winning games right now. You know the you know the move. Hashtag tank for Drake. Yep. That's what I'm trying to we're do here. We're out on Caleb now, huh? No, I just don't think we're going to be bad enough for number one. So we, right. have to, we have to have realistic expectations Temper. like number two, okay? Right. We can't have the best quarterback the last ten years. We've got to have the second i got to be honest. It's a surprise that you're even saying there's a chance you're going to wear that Vikings outfit if they lose. That, I'll, I'll you're, there's a little, I promise There's you. a crack in your confidence here. You're Luke, you're right. He's got a crack in his confidence a little bit. Yeah. I'm noticing it too. So, no. all right. <laughs> Tim Barbalace jumps on with us. Co-host Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore and Odyssey Station, by the way. Uh, Ravens are a team, man. I love I love this Ravens team. I I bet them to win the win the Super Bowl. I almost said World Series. I'm watching a World Series game right now. <laughs> a lot here, going on. There's a lot going on in front of us right now. You know, but at the same time, I mean, we we talked to Jason Lockenfora actually yesterday, and I think it is interesting to kind of watch this receiver core that that they've got right now, where you have some of these moments where you see flashes of it looking what they wanted it to be, right? And then OBJ's in and out of the lineup. He's hurt, and you had some of the drops, a couple of games. And wh- when you look at the Ravens' offense now, I know it's a different system, and I know you've got some new guys out there at receiver, obviously. Do you see an improved offense from where it's been in the past? Without question. Okay. And uh, look, if we're looking just at the passing game, I mean, it's night and day, guys. I mean, Lamar Jackson as a passer this year has been phenomenal, completing mm-hmm. well over uh, 70% of his passes. He obviously has the best uh, weaponry that he's had in his career. Is the run game as good uh, as it was under Greg Roman? I would say no. This is not a dominant run game, but Lamar Jackson's legs, I mean, he just presents so much uh, you know, threat to defenses, and you saw it. Sunday against the Lions where RPOs and he's drawing the defense up and then a dump off to Gus Edwards and he goes 80 yards, but Zay Flowers, he's going to break the curse, guys, of the uh, Ravens' ineptitude of drafting uh, wide receivers. He's the real deal, and he's been that guy, and as a rookie, 
Look, I couldn't expect much more from him thus far. And it doesn't matter really how good Lamar Jackson is because no matter what he does, people still continue to doubt him. I see that even on a Monday morning, uh, there was ways to denigrate his performance, which was a total beatdown. Like, why do you think a bunch of national pundits still find reasons to <laughs> to like knock him down? I've been saying this for years. Oh, look, it, it's human nature. People don't like being wrong, right? So I think a lot of people were saying, okay, his play style is not going to translate to the NFL from Louisville. And you hear all of these narratives like, okay, he can't come back from double digits, and then he does that. He can't beat the Chiefs, and he does that. He can't win the playoffs. Obviously, it has the one win against the Titans. The goalposts are always pushed back for Lamar Jackson. And he was phenomenal in 2019, unanimous MVP. He's a better passer this year than he was in 2019. He's so much more accurate, and he's got such a great command of this Todd Munkin offense. And one of the big differences with this Todd Munkin offense compared to Greg Roman is Lamar has so much more autonomy at the line of scrimmage where he didn't have that under Greg Roman. I mean, they're breaking the huddle with five seconds uh, left in the play clock, and then you're scrambling just to get a snap off. Where now they're out of the huddle uh, with plenty of time to spare. Lamar gets time to survey the field. And, you know, he's the offensive coordinator at the line of scrimmage. And that, that's what Todd Munkin says. Yeah, Tim, you know that meme? And it's like the lady and her husband, they're in bed together. And she's like, he's probably thinking of other girls. <laughs> that's me and my wife. And I'm thinking about Lamar. Four wide receiver empty sets, more 11 personnel, and him running into lighter boxes. I tried to talk Jason into the MVP. I bet at plus 700. Uh, I think Lamar could win the MVP, man. But I actually wanted to talk about the defense because mm. nobody's talking about the Ravens' defense. They're second overall in EPA allowed per play. And look at the guys they've been missing at times this season. Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey, uh, David Ajobu as well at various points this season. What do you think their ceiling is? Like, Do you think that defense is good enough to win this team a Super Bowl if they stay healthy, of course? Look, this defense has been off the charts and has vastly exceeded even my expectations for it because heading into the season, look, there was a lot of concern about the lack of depth at the cornerback position. Then Marlon Humphrey gets hurt halfway through training camp and you're pressing the panic button. You've got young guys like a Brandon Stevens who stepped up tremendously and Ronald Darby, they picked him up. And he's been very solid. Arthur Millette, a former Steel, picked him up. He's been very solid for them. And a guy like Geno Stone. Geno Stone was a seventh-round pick, waived twice as a rookie. Now he's back with the Ravens. He's leading the NFL in picks with four interceptions on the season. And this Ravens pass rush, that was a big-time issue, you know, heading into the year. We talked about it ad nauseum with Inside Access, where Adafi Owe, David Ajabo, it was all on them. Ajabo's been a non-factor. He's been hurt. And Owe has missed games as well. Yeah. Jadavion Clowney's been fantastic for them uh, this year. They picked up Kyle Van Noy. He had two sacks over the weekend against the Lions. They don't have a top-tier pass rusher on their team, a guy that can get you 12 to 14 sacks, but they're leading the league in sacks with 29. I mean, Mike McDonald, their defensive coordinator, he's going to be a hot name on the uh, coaching market this offseason. So we talk about this Baltimore defense, then we can look on the other side of things this weekend and see a Cardinals offense that is the opposite of good uh, at this point. One touchdown in their last nine quarters heading into this. 
on paper, I look at this and go, massive mismatch. Baltimore minus 9.5 feels pretty easy, pretty comfortable. Is there anything, if at all, that makes you uncomfortable or even slightly worried in this game? Sure. I mean, just go back to the Colts game, go back to the Steelers <laughs> game. I mean, the Ravens are absolutely the more talented teams than both of them. And Colts game was at home, and they had a fumble, Kenyon Drake, early on that game when the offense was humming, and then the offense did nothing after that. And then the Justice Hill fumble in Pittsburgh, they didn't score in the second half. So this team, it's been a narrative this week, uh, you know, at the Castle about them dealing with this prosperity. Yeah, they should absolutely win by double digits against the Cardinals, but you got to go out and do it. And they're coming off a really impressive beatdown of the Lions where they just could do no wrong. I would expect this team, they hear the narratives, they hear the noise, they're going to go out, they're going to be focused, and I, I would expect them to win by uh, 10 or more. When you're around a team, how do you gauge how locked in they are after a big win like they had against the Lions? I, just uh, the demeanor in the locker room. I mean, look, I, I think, and you hear these guys, and they're, they're brought up a uh, trap game, trap game, and they're dismissive of it. Lamar Jackson, when he met with the media on Wednesday, he was, you know, gives the can line. Everyone's in the end. Uh, everyone's pros in the NFL they're all you know they could beat you any given Sunday but I think this team has a different edge to it this particular week than it did against the Colts I mean the Steelers game didn't make much sense because that's a rivalry game I mean you got to get up for for that game um but I, I think it's got a different type of edge to them this week uh for the Ravens what are your thoughts on the AFC North just as a whole? Because the Steelers, like you look at point differential, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but they're 4-2. and two. Browns are 4-2. and two. That's a good defense, although they got gashed by the Colts. And then the Bengals are 3-3, three and three, but I think that's probably like the most scary team just if they reach their full potential and get healthy, right? <laughs> Ryan, I don't even know yeah. <laughs> what to make of this division right now. I, I Heading into the year, I thought it was going to be the best division in football. I mean, all these teams could vie for a playoff spot. And the records are solid i mean thus far the Bengals. i mean it's about joe burrow's health that offense is way 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 too talented for them to be performing how they're performing the steelers you go to look there's fire mac canada chance at like local grocery <laughs> stores right now i mean look that that is a mess right now and that steelers offense i can't trust them um that defense is legit as it always is in pittsburgh and then the Browns, is it? I mean, what the heck's going on with Deshaun Watson? We, yeah. That defense is phenomenal, don't get me wrong, but can they carry a team in 2023? I, I have questions, and, and I think right now the Ravens are definitely the head of the division. I think they're the most talented team, the best team in the division. All The other three have a lot of potential, but... I don't know. And, you know, now that we're through seven weeks, I, I, I just have more questions about them. If you had to take a confidence meter and take the Ravens out of this, who's the highest on that level between the Bengals, the Browns, and the Steelers for the rest of the season? Man. <laughs> <laughs> that is a tough one. Um, Cincinnati's got a really tough schedule. I want to say the Bengals, but you look at the gauntlet that they're about to go through. I mean, their next like five games are they're insane. Uh, it, just bring it up now. It got the 49ers, Bills. 
Texans, Ravens, Steelers, Jags. I mean, that is a murderer's row. So given that, I would say Cleveland. <laughs> um, you know, I, I can't say it with a ton of confidence. It's just I don't have much confidence in that Steelers offense at all. I mean, you, the numbers are so damning since Matt Canada has been offensive coordinator for them in 2021. And I – Unless they start picking it up, which I just have so many questions, I can't take them serious as a serious contender. I'm really curious about the running game for Baltimore because outside of last game, Gus Buss and, and Justice Hill had really, really good games, big runs. But now we're getting rumors that maybe Baltimore just might trade for Derrick Henry. How do you think that would impact how dynamic this offense was in the ceiling for the team? It would be really intriguing. Look, I've been fading the Titans for a while now. I just thought that this was going to be the year that the wheels fall off. Tannehill, Derrick Henry in contract years, and obviously Tannehill's banged up now. And Henry, he had a solid game last time out against the Ravens in London, but he would absolutely be an upgrade. I mean, that's a bell cow for this offense, where J.K. Dobbins was going to be that, um, and unfortunately he got hurt. Gus is a model of consistency, but can he be a guy that can take over games? I don't know. Justice Hill, he's a pass-receiving uh, threat. He's great in pass blocking, but he's fumbled. I mean, the, the fumbles have been a massive, massive issue for this Ravens team. So this running game under Munkin has not been nearly as dominant as it was under Greg Roman. When the Ravens are having a ton of success, for the most part, through these seven games, it's been because of Lamar Jackson's legs, not necessarily the running backs. Looking at the league just as a whole, because a lot of people were hyped up about the Dolphins, but I feel like anytime they play a physical team, they step up in class, they usually get punked. But I still, you know, like their upside, obviously. But the Chiefs, man, like they're not doing it in the most sexy way right now, but they got a six game win streak. They're three and oh on the road. They're six and one. Their only loss was week one to the Lions. That was without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. Can you make the case right now for any other team to win the Super Bowl other than the Chiefs, or would you just go with the favorite right now? Um It's tough. I mean, yeah. all these teams have warts right now in the AFC. I mean, it's definitely the superior conference to the NFC like we all thought. But the thing that, you know, scares me so much about the Chiefs, Ryan, is the fact that Patrick Mahomes has a defense yeah. for the first time in his career. Yeah. I mean, that group is really, really playing. Look, their receivers are not good. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade, and maybe they make a move at the deadline. Maybe they don't. I have concerns that Travis Kelsey still produces. I mean, he's showing up for Taylor Swift every week. But <laughs> I... I think the Ravens could challenge them. I mean, the Jags have been playing better of late, but I'm with you. The Dolphins, I'm not fully buying yet, and and the Bills, and again, it's it's this year. There's just so much mediocrity, right? I mean, it's tough that there isn't these dominant teams in the NFL this year, and you know they'll say they'll say parity, but. There's a lot of mediocre football. I mean, yeah. you guys yeah. know more than me. Oh, yeah. The unders. I mean, the unders cash every single time. Uh, yeah, you're right. Well, you know, we like the nice thing is to stay parody, but really, yes, mediocrity sometimes is the real thing. Tim Barbell, he's 1057 The Fan in Baltimore. Great to talk to you, Thanks, man. Thanks, Tim. It's been MGM the night. It's time for our.